Welcome to the Ladies Who Lead podcast. I'm your host, SK Vaughn. This is a community of women supporting women. Each week, we'll hear from ordinary ladies doing extraordinary things. We'll cover topics like diversity and inclusion, gender pay gap, and respect in the workplace. We want to celebrate with you and hear stories of success and hard lessons learned. Whether you're a lady who leads in the boardroom or a lady who leads in your community, this is the place for you. So buckle up, girlfriend. Let's do this. I'm excited to have Morgan here with us today at the Ladies Who Lead podcast. Morgan Church is a graduate of the University of Alabama and currently lives in Birmingham with her husband, Jeffrey, and newly adopted little girl, Eden. For seven years, Morgan has served many families going through the international adoption process at Lifeline Children's Services. Morgan and Jeffrey are the owners of Wilder Way Threads, a small business that provides curated selections of handmade vintage textiles from Turkey. When purchasing your very own piece, 25% of the proceeds go towards an international adoption. This duo is inspiring more and more people through these one-of-a-kind pieces and their story of hope through adoption. Welcome, Morgan. Okay, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited that we've taken some time to sit down and really talk together. Absolutely. This is really exciting for me too. So happy to be here. Awesome. Well, I like to kick things off with how are you surviving this week and how are you thriving this week? So while you're thinking through that, I guess I'll go first. So for me, I'm surviving this week, right? Like I've had to give some tough feedback to team members and that's been kind of a hard lesson to learn in leadership, but it's so important. And and it's a part of a successful team is being able to have um, just transparent and open, honest communication. And so I've had to kind of learn this tough lesson of of how to give that and have courageous conversations and know that it's a good thing. Um, And it's really just to all work together for that same goal and for that same um, purpose that we're all going after. So that's how I've been surviving this week and then thriving. Um, I haven't had a real vacation, I have to admit, in like four years. So that's a thing. Uh, we, we moved around a ton, you know, taking new jobs, getting promotions, and we landed here in Birmingham not too long ago. And so this week, I'm choosing to wear my wife hat and actually go and enjoy a getaway to Purcell Farms. So um, just really looking forward to some much needed downtime. If you know me, um, I'm not really a good relaxer. I don't relax well, like I always find a job to do. And so uh, just hoping that I can just really take some much needed time. So what about you, Morgan? That's awesome. Um, Yeah. Okay. Let me think. The weather here in Birmingham has just been kind of crazy. There have been crazy like tornado warnings and honestly, even some tornadoes hit the ground earlier this week and um, and then it's really close to where I grew up. And so that was pretty personal. I know it did impact a lot of people more intensely and people even lost their lives. And so for me, I would say that's how I've been surviving this week is just having dealt with kind of the difficulty of that. And also knowing, you know, we're in that season here in Alabama where tornadoes are just kind of always on the forefront of our minds. And so that would be how I would say that I'm surviving this week. And then in terms of thriving, this is a little bit more kind of vague or general, but I would just say I'm really thriving in this season of getting to be a mom to Eden. And she's only been home for two months from India. 
And it has just been such an amazing blessing and kind of the fulfillment of a dream to get to kind of live in this calling that we've dreamt about since we started the adoption process. And so that has been such an amazing gift. And I would say that's really how I'm thriving. That is so awesome. And it's so cool to hear um, the are two months in already with being uh, parents to Eden. It is. It feels very surreal some days, but we're loving it and just so thankful for the season and all that God has done. We'll just go ahead and jump right on in. So explain to us your journey from guiding others in the adoption process to then adopting and now to Wilder Way Threads, like kind of give us that whole rundown. Yeah, that's a great question. So I started working at Lifeline as an international adoption social worker back in the end of 2014 is when I started um, interning. And then in 2015, I was officially hired. And so I have been doing that for several years and really even before I worked at Lifeline, I always just knew that adoption was something that I wanted to be a part of my story. And I actually met my husband, Jeffrey at Lifeline as well. And so we started dating, got married and both just knew that that was something we wanted to do. And so we always kind of dreamt of adopting one day. We kind of always knew that would be part of our story. So I think having guided so many other families through the process and then kind of beginning the adoption process ourselves, that was a really, really unique, sweet kind of time and transition of going from, okay, I'm an international social worker, knowing kind of the ins and outs of this adoption process. Now I'm on the other side of it and going through the education and, you know, doing all the things that adoptive parents have to do. And I really think that that was a sweet time, you know, in a number of ways, but I think especially getting to kind of walk that path that I've led other families through, you really gain a lot of insight and I think empathy, you just kind of gain a new perspective. And so I think that was really sweet to go from a social work position to being an adoptive mother. Wilder Way Threads has just really blossomed into this amazing gift for a season that looked like fundraising adoption, but moving forward, we're excited to see how we'll get to play a small part in helping other children come home, their forever families from all over the world. So we're really, really excited for what God's doing. Yeah, that is so cool to see it come to fruition to like full circle. Absolutely. So how did you even know that you wanted to adopt from India? Um, like, was there a sign? Was there just an experience that you and your husband had that just made you focus in on India specifically? How did you know? That's such a loaded question. Um, my heart for India really began very young. My dad felt like the Lord wanted him to take a trip to India. This was back in 2001. And so I was really young. No one in my family had ever traveled far away. And when he went to India and Really rocked him and it changed him forever. He visited orphanages. He came back forever changed and always dreamed of bringing my mom and sisters and I back to India with him. They called it a faith family vacation. And so we spent about a week in India and, you know, visit orphanages, visit slums, visit the Taj Mahal. And even being so young, I remember being so greatly impacted by that trip. I just remember coming home so drawn to that part of the world, even so young and knowing that I wanted to live with that part of the world forever. And it's really cool looking back on that because now I see the depth of which that is true. I think I just thought, oh, I'll continue to visit India. I'll continue to pray for India. So we come back and then fast forward to college. And I was actually able to spend two summers living in Nepal, which is a border country to India, very similar culture 
um, was able to spend two summers there working with women who had been rescued from sex trafficking. And so that experience also continued to just draw my heart to this part of the world and specifically towards the vulnerable populations there and seeing the way that a lot of times culturally women can be mistreated or undervalued and just really having this desire to again, just continue to be connected with this part of the world and to use whatever blessings God was giving me to impact that part of the world, even if it's in a small way. And then I ended up getting hired at Lifeline, a dream of mine to be able to continue to use, you know, my social work degree towards, you know, I guess, advocating for orphans and vulnerable children. And so really exciting time for me to kind of see that dream fulfilled, to walk in to Lifeline and to become an international social worker. And when I first was hired, I was actually hired to work in the Haiti program. I never had any experience with Haiti, had never been to Haiti, had no real connection with that part of the world. So at the time, Lifeline actually did not have an India program. And the lady I was working under approached me and asked if I'm going to help her pioneer the India program. With all of my history and background, having you know been connected with that part of the world for years and years, I was so excited and just saw how God had already been kind of weaving this path in advance and kind of had set it in front of me in that perfect time. And so I was actually able to work with Lifeline's very first India adoptive family, who we called our pilot family, because they were kind of piloting that program with us. And so I was able to work with them from start to finish. So we were able to watch that whole journey unfold, go to all the appointments in India. And I would say that that trip with that family was really what sealed it in our hearts. And I just really felt God confirm that, yes, we're, we're meant to adopt from India. And so a little bit of a long story. I know I left out a lot of the details, but um, that's kind of the path of what led us to adopt from India. Wow. Like, it's just really cool to see just kind of that um, unfold and, and be a part of your forever story. In the international adoption process, um, specifically with yours, what were kind of the biggest challenges that you faced in the process that you that you either knew about or weren't aware of that just continue to be prevalent throughout y'all's journey and story through adoption. Adoption in general comes with challenges. Because I've worked in adoption for years and years, you see a lot of the worst. And so I've actually been on the phone more than once when that their child had passed away in India before they could get to them. Um, I've had to tell families that, you know, for whatever reason, a certain approval didn't come through in time. And so they weren't going to be able to move forward as quickly as they hoped or, you know, different things like that, that are just big disappointment. Having walked that path leading up to our adoption, we were able to have really good expectations and know that really anything could happen and that we needed to remain surrendered and open-handed every step of the way and really just press in in prayer and trust God, whatever hard things would come because we knew that they would come. Um, but I think the difficulty that comes with that is me. I'm actually a six on the Enneagram, if anyone's familiar with the Enneagram. And the, my kind of tendency is to think worst case scenario and to just think that that's going to happen to me. And so having walked that path with other families, I think I went into the adoption. I mean, you can even ask some of my closest friends when we first said, oh, yeah, we're adopting from India. I would kind of tack on the end like, you know, but we don't really know if we're going to actually bring a child home. Like we're just kind of taking a step of faith, being obedient to God's call. But, you know, the country could shut down adoptions or, you know, something crazy could happen and we could just never bring a child home. But we're just taking this step of faith. And of course, I wanted to bring a child home, but I think I was trying to protect myself from the disappointment in case something did happen. And the door to that 
adoption process somehow closed. And so I think that was one unique challenge for me, having worked in the adoption realm is just the fear associated with, you know, what if that happened to me? What if we were matched with a child and that match was taken from us or the child passed away or, you know, some, something like that happened, which I had seen happen before. And so I think that those were some of the harder things for me. And in terms of what I learned from those experiences, I think just like any hard things that we walk through in our lives, whether it's an adoption process or anything else, any hard thing that we walk through really just causes us to stop and press deeper into the heart of God. And I can remember very distinct moments where we were waiting on really big approvals. And again, thinking worst case scenario, like we're probably not going to get it. What if we don't get it? You know, all these things and just having moments of real intimacy with the Lord and crying out to him and just begging him to do what we really had no control over, which was to issue these approvals and to allow us to bring Eden home like we hoped and prayed we could. And so I think it just really pressed us deeper in faith into the Lord and to trust that he really was in control over all things and that, um, you know, we, he was trustworthy. We could trust him with the whole process. So I think that was a really really growing experience for Jeffrey and I, as we kind of walked that path. Your whole story is just really inspiring. I have to ask this question, you know, we know that adoption, it can be kind of pricey, right? And like the financials can be like a big barrier to most people consider adoption. And so tell us a little bit about like your business, Waterway Threads, kind of the the mission behind that. And then how did you figure out how to source textiles from Turkey? Like, how do you even begin with that? So this is also kind of crazy. When people ask me, like, where did this come from? It, it really was just this idea of, hey, I have a passion about this and we're in the adoption process. So we're trying to fundraise. What if, you know, I sold rugs in order to raise money for our adoption? I had, you know, never even considered that before. But where I did have kind of an open door, and this is what's kind of neat, is the year before I had wanted to purchase some uh, vintage textiles like pillow covers for my for our home but everywhere I looked here in Birmingham was super expensive and so I was just trying to do some research and ended up randomly connecting with this supplier directly in Turkey who was selling the vintage rugs and vintage pillow covers made from the rugs and so I ended up reaching out to him this was like a year and a half two years before and just said hey I'd like to purchase some from you so I bought them from him And he was a little bit cheaper, you know, than if I had bought them from someone here. And so I ended up getting them, loved them. And so when I had this idea kind of come in my mind, I thought, what if we reach back out to him and tell him our story and tell him that we're wanting to fundraise for our adoption? Would he be willing to, you know, sell us rugs and pillows in bulk in order for us to resell them as a fundraiser? And he comes back and I was so blown away. He was so excited and he was so ready to help and was so just willing to kind of meet us in the midst of that. And so that was really the first open door that God ended up using to kind of connect us with other suppliers along the way. And so we no longer just work with that one supplier. We have several that we work with, but that was kind of the first open door and it's been amazing and we've just been blown away. And so we just have continued to keep it surrendered and say, Lord, as long as you know, you will continue to open these doors and give us the ability to sell these rugs and these textiles. We would love to continue to do it. So it's been really, really humbling and amazing to see God work. Okay. So the first supplier was literally like an orphaned, vulnerable child. Yes. Yes. Wow. Like, is that crazy? 
that's just, yeah, it's mind blowing to think that like that one open door was really just next step for things to really get like solidified for y'all here in the U.S. But then that's just a random connection. So you're currently helping to fundraise for a family in their Columbia adoption. How do you go about selecting families to support uh, through your business? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. We're still honestly ironing out a lot of the kinks and this is our very first, what we're calling Wilderway family. So it's an adoptive family that we have chosen to give a percentage of our proceeds to support their adoption. Um, the Walters family is our very first family. Like you said, they're adopting from Columbia. They were actually a really easy choice for us as our first family because Madison and I um, have been really close friends for many, many years. She's one of my closest friends. And we've known the Walters for a long time, knew they were trustworthy. Um, they're also adopting through Lifeline, which is where I work, who we use for our adoption. And so they were a really easy first choice for us. And in terms of how we will go about selecting families in the future, we're still kind of working on that and figuring out how to make sure we're vetting families and making sure that, you know, we're doing that the best way possible and you know also wanting to support families who really need the support and I know every family you know who's going through the adoption could use financial support but really trying to be intentional with who we're choosing to invest in and give um, those you know proceeds to. How did you come up with the name Wilderway Threads? Um, I'm just curious because I just I haven't heard that before I think it's a really unique name so I'm curious if there's like a story behind the naming of the business. Yes, that's a great question. So when we knew this, well, when we first said, hey, let's pioneer this, let's see if people would even want textiles. So I ordered from our first supplier, I think like 40 handmade pillows of drugs. And I did just a little Instagram post. Well, hey, I'm going to sell some pillows for our adoption. And I thought maybe I'll sell a few, you know, like I really didn't think it was going to be a huge hit. But when I posted those pillows, they sold out in one hour. So all 40 of those pillows were gone. And so that was when I really knew, whoa, like this is, people are really jumping on this. And so that's when we really started thinking and praying about, about the name for the business. So the passage that God had been laying on my heart throughout the adoption process was from Isaiah 43, um, starting in verse 19, where we really saw him woven throughout it as well. Just really seeing that it was God who was going to have to make a way in the wilderness in terms of providing financially for the adoption. I wanted a name that would kind of catch people's attention, but wasn't too obviously, you know, scriptural, if that makes sense. I really want it to feel like this, you know, anyone can buy rugs from us. You don't have to be a Christian to purchase rugs from Waterway Threads, but you are going to be a part of helping, you know, a family make a way in the wilderness by God's grace financially as you purchase rugs and pillows from our shop. And so that's really kind of how the name was birthed. I'm going to brag for a minute because I'm trying to recruit Morgan to my marketing team right now because <laughs> she's literally killing it on social media. And so I'm just a huge fan and I just love what y'all are doing. And even the name of it is just so creative and so intentional and thoughtful. And it's like, if, if you want to be a part of something bigger than yourself, I feel like this is such an opportunity to give back in such a meaningful, small way too. And so I just yeah. really encourage those listening, like go check it out because this is not your typical, you know, small business. Like this is pretty, pretty neat. And it's just really cool to see it come to fruition and just seeing kind of your process and how you've just been very intentional um, through each step. And so just really awesome things coming out from Waterway Threads. What has been your favorite part about being a new mom? And then how are you balancing all of this? Because you've got this small business, you're still working part-time at Lifeline and you're also a new mom. So like kind of share a little bit about that with us too. So 
I am still on maternity leave from Lifeline. So check back in with me <laughs> at the end of April when I start back part-time there to go back for sure. But know that that will be a little bit of a transition to kind of get my bearings and figure out how to juggle everything. But yeah, being a mom has been such a dream fulfilled. I think like I told you, I mean, my story has always pointed to adoption and having Eden home really has been such an amazing fulfillment of a dream. It hasn't been without hard things. She doesn't speak much English yet and definitely hard things that come with it, but getting to have her home with us after, you know, going through the whole process is truly such an amazing gift and just feel so privileged to be her parents. We, Jeffrey and I will kind of look at each other sometimes and be like, how did we get so blessed with her? Like she is just such a joy and such a radiant, precious little girl. In terms of juggling, I'm just kind of taking it one step at a time. I think one thing that I have had to work on is realizing that when I'm with Eden, I'm with Eden. And when she's napping, I'm going to trust that God will supply what I need to be able to get my work done during those times, you know, when she's not awake. And so again, we're newbies at it. We're figuring it out. Um, but so far, it's really been such an amazing gift. And we're just, again, trusting God to give us what we need. What advice do you have for other families looking to adopt? To really ask yourself, what is holding you back, you know, and if it is finances, if it is, you know, the unknowns or the scary things, like I talked about before, all the worst case scenarios to really bring those things before the Lord and to believe that, you know, as Christ followers, our call really is to say, to have our yes on the table and to be willing to be obedient no matter what he calls us to do. And so to really ask yourself, is there something that's, you know, preventing me from walking in obedience to this call of saying yes to adoption and whatever it is to just kind of search your heart and search God's word and to see that God, that's why I love that passage. God does the impossible. He makes a way in the wilderness. Okay. That doesn't mean that it's always easy. That doesn't mean that there's not going to be hard things because there are, and there are painful things that come in this world, no matter what. But I think just believing that whatever he calls us to, he will equip us for, and he's going to give us the strength to take it one step at a time. Um, so yeah, I think just believing that God is big enough to handle whatever hard things could come with, if it's finances, you know, he, he can provide. I'm more than happy to be a resource. And I've already had a lot of adoptive or potential adoptive parents reach out to me and just say, Hey, we've been considering adoption and we're just nervous. You know, we're nervous about the finances or we're nervous about, you know, what adoption agency to pick and all these different things. And so just being able to be a resource for families who are in that season of, uncertainty and we love to connect with anyone in that situation and kind of help see that really there, there's hope in the midst of it all and God really does provide. So I think that would be my loaded answer. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm a big fan. So now it's time for the leading ladies we love rapid fire game. Get excited, Morgan. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a rapid fire game. I'm going to list out a couple of adjectives that best describe just women who are doing amazing things. And this is our chance to really uh, lift them up and support them. And so I'm going to list a few adjectives. Just feel free to shout out their name and then give us a little bit of a kind of background to them and we'll keep it moving. Are you ready for this? Okay, I think so. I think I'm ready. <laughs> okay, let's do it. The first word is humble. Reading about this woman today and she is long gone to be with the Lord, but I'm going to say Amy Carmichael, who was a missionary she comes to mind for humble because 
she, as I was reading about her this morning, I mean, she was just such a picture of being totally surrendered to the Lord and to his plan. And she gave up so much. She actually lived in India as a single woman for 50 years without a furlough and was able to do so much. Next word, supportive. I'm gonna say, okay, the woman who comes to my mind for supported, uh, a woman named Leslie Seagraves, listening to this, shout out to you. She and her husband were co-founders of an organization called 1040 Connections. And I was actually able to partner with them to my trips uh, to Nepal in the summers when I was in college. She came to my mind with supportive just because she and Chad have really been such huge influencers over my life. Next word is bold. A friend that comes to mind when I think of bold is my friend Sarah Nunley. Uh, she and her husband moved to Nepal, I think it was like four years ago. They've been there for about four years. And they do work um, there amongst the Himalayan peoples and just help provide resources there and are just doing amazing work in some really hard places. But she comes to my mind because she has been so bold in her faith and she's been willing, again, to leave behind so many comforts and conveniences of America in order to pursue and pursue, you know, God's glory and ultimately pursuing, you know, these people of the Himalayas who are in desperate need of resources and all the things that they are able to help provide. Genuine. Genuine. Okay, I have to just say my mom on this one. I know that's probably, everyone probably wants to say their mom, but yeah, my mom is just one of the most genuine people that I've ever been around. And I think she has been such an influencer of my life. And I pray that I am able to be half as genuine as she is just because she's able to be very real with people, honest with people, but in a very loving and kind way. Last word, encourager. Okay, I'm going to say another one who has actually passed away. Um, Elizabeth Elliot, who was the wife of Jim Elliot, who was a missionary martyred by the Aka Indians in Ecuador. And she has just written so many books. She's, you know, spoken so many times at different conferences and churches and I've listened to and read so many of her materials and I she has just encouraged me so much in my faith and even though I've never met her or was not able to meet her while she was alive I think I know that she was just the most encouraging woman to so many different people well that's the end of the game <laughs> the leading ladies we love that's we tough. survived that is tough Thank you for joining us on the Ladies Who Lead podcast. Um, before we go, Morgan, how can our audience or listeners find you on social media? What's your shameless plug? Yeah, so you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at just Wilderway Threads, all one word. So like I said, would love to connect with you and hear from you um, if you're considering adoption or even if you're just curious about learning more about Wilderway Threads or if you want to purchase a rug to support an adoptive family, that would be amazing too. So yes, you can find us at, at Wilderway Threads. Oh, Morgan, I hate that our time is already up because I just really enjoy just hearing from you, hearing your heart, picking your brain about things like you're just doing such awesome work and it's just been an absolute joy to get to connect with you and hear your story. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you, SK, for having me. And I'm so excited about this podcast and just all that you're doing. So really looking forward to listening to the other episodes and seeing who you bring on next. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ladies Who Lead podcast. Guess what? We have a $50 gift card to Anthropology up for grabs. That's right. It's a giveaway. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, 
rate, review, and subscribe to the Ladies Who Leave podcast, and you'll enter to win. It's that simple. It's a $50 gift card to Anthropology. You know, my happy place. For more details, look to our show notes. Until next time, I'm SK Vaughn.